All right, welcome back in another edition of the Damn Podcast. Brandon Sprague, 1080 The Fan with you, as always, with my co-host, Angie Machado, beaverblitz.com. And hey, you know what? It's been a long time. It really has. We have finally got a head coach for Oregon State football. We have a head ball coach. And I, I don't know what your feelings are. I can't wait to hear what your thoughts are on the hire. I have a lot of different feelings on this hire. Um, okay. For those that, hey, maybe you just subscribe to the podcast. Maybe you're only on Blitz and you're hearing about the hire or you haven't read much about or heard much about whatever. Or you're on your way home from work and you're yes. just hearing that there is a hire. Exactly. Um, we are here to break it all down for you. Talk about Jonathan Smith, the former Oregon State quarterback, started his coaching career there as a GA then moved on to a few different spots. He is the uh, former Washington offensive coordinator, and now he has officially been named the – well, not officially because the school hasn't sent the email out, but um, they may do that after we record this podcast at 4.30 on a Wednesday. He has been named the Oregon State head coach. Uh, Angie's writer Amy Schwartz has pictures of him at the airport meeting with Scott Barnes. This is a done deal. We're waiting for the announcement, the time of the press conference – but just kind of let's just get into it, Angie. Your first reaction when you found out it was Jonathan Smith? You know, I I heard rumblings this morning about it, and you know, but it wasn't like confirmed or anything. And and my one of my sources was trying to to you know get a little more concrete. And I don't know, I mix, mixed feelings, right? But at the end of the day, you know, I think I think Beaver fans forget that this was a tough job to fill because. Like it or not, Oregon State right now is probably one of the bottom five Power Five coaching jobs in the country. And a lot of coaches don't want to jump on that job because if they can't turn it around, they have basically just torpedoed their entire career. So it it wasn't like coaches were knocking down doors trying to get this job. And from what I've heard, Jonathan Smith was one of the best interviews. He had a solid plan, which is something I heard – other candidates that I know some some Beaver fans were very high on mm-hmm. um, that did not have maybe the a, a plan in place or or a full staff of who they would want to bring on. I heard Jonathan. I have not heard this from him, but I've heard from people uh, that he had a was something that really you know Scott Barnes loved what he heard, but it was early in in the process. He wanted to kind of un, unturn every stone, but he circled back and went with Jonathan. Yeah, and you know I that's. Okay, that's very interesting. Uh, it leads me to be thinking a couple of things. I know you're not naming names here, but you can't help but think of a couple of those candidates in your mind and say, wow, not as prepared or not as impressive uh, an interview as Jonathan Smith, which, by the way, if you track this podcast the last couple of weeks, that's interesting in the fact of one of the things about Jonathan Smith that people uh, weren't as into was the personality and lack thereof. And look at that. He does an interview, and it, it really kind of blows away some people. Um so you and I, we text very briefly this morning. I got to the station and I had talked to an individual that I don't normally talk to. I, you know, I, it's somebody that I could find information out if I wanted to. I just don't choose to. And I just happened to end up talking to them today. And they basically said, hey, trust me when I say this, you're get, get ready for the news. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? And they said, well, they have their guy. It's a done deal. But it's today or it's tomorrow when everything is going to go down. And they said more likely tomorrow. So maybe they meant the press conference looking back on that. And I said, you know, who is it? Can you tell me? They said, uh, I can't tell you. I'd love to. I can't. 
Um, and, and basically at that point, you know, we said a couple things and, and we moved on. And that's when I text you, Angie. We text and I said, hey, it's a done deal. And you said I kind of heard the same things. Um, so I didn't have the name Jonathan Smith. It doesn't it's not surprising to me that it's Jonathan Smith. Wasn't it Crawford last week? That was like his number one guy. Well, when we did the coaching, uh, I did the Vegas thing. Yes, Jonathan Smith was I, I my number he was one favorite. Top. Yep, he was. He was. And, and part of this, I think people need to take into mind what you said about where Oregon State ranks as a job. And then I also, I just think this is the reality. I really do. You have to think of this as a business decision as much as a football decision, right? Like, we want to finish the other side of the stadium. You want facilities to be always up to date. That requires money. That requires ticket sales and interest and buzz. And Angie, you can speak to what people are saying on Blitz, but I think part of this is a nostalgic hire where they looked at it and said, this guy's got a great plan. We believe in the staff he wants to go get. We think he's earned his stripes. He's been t- he's been learning under one of the best coaches in college football and Chris Peterson. He is ready to go. And what is a better sell to some of our fans, our season ticket holders, than saying, hey, remember the Fiesta Bowl quarterback, Jonathan Smith? Well, he's really, he spent his time, he's worked hard, he's earned this, he's our next head coach to lead us. Uh, I think people need to bear that in mind. I'm not sitting here telling you this is going to go sell 10,000 season tickets. I'm just saying some of this is business decisions, and that is always going to play a factor in major college athletics. I don't doubt what you're saying, Angie, or Scott Barnes in an interview saying this guy has the right plan. I just think that's also a big part of this, of we can sell this, the former alum coming back. You're already seeing it on Twitter with some of these other former athletes, how stoked they are. Uh, That is something that people can build upon. Yeah, the former players that I've talked to are completely stoked, right? I mean, they they love the ones that played with Jonathan and the ones that didn't. And I, I've talked to so many former players during this search who, you know, they do, they love Oregon State. And I know we've talked about it in the pod where these guys want to see Oregon State successful. And I think Bieber fans should be excited about that, that not only do these guys give their blood, sweat, and tears on the on the field when they played, but they want to see this place successful enough that they want to come back and try to, to rebuild this thing. And uh, it, I, that's one thing I'd heard with Jonathan. I have a, a source that knows someone close to his family who, and that was one of his, Jonathan's concerns, I think, was the fact that, you know, he's just a young coach really kind of starting out. And this could be a make or break move for him. You know, if he is able to turn this around, he could basically write his ticket but if you're also an Oregon Stater, he may decide this is the best place for him. Yeah. Then again, if it goes sideways, it it could like like other coaches, it could torpedo their their future. But um, they believe in this place so much. They believe in what can happen here. They know they know the good, the bad. They can sell that to other kids and other and the prospects. But and it goes right back to what I've said all along. It totally is going to be dependent on who he brings on as a staff. And I've heard rumblings that there might be a few other former Beaver players coming back in the fold. Um, we'll have to wait and see on, on what happens. But um, I, I do, you know, I, I have mixed feelings in, in this regard because you look at what BYU has just done, where they kind of brought back, you know, Kalani Sataki and Ty Detmer, who has mm-hmm. now been fired. You know, they kind of went that route of bring back the former greats, and it didn't work out so great for them. But um, I saw a tweet yesterday and I don't even it, – it's been buried now so far down on my, my Twitter feed. But it was one of the national writers who said, look at some of the top coaches this past year. They've all – are new hires that have come up from the coordinator ranks. So the people that say that he's not a, a head coach yet 
I, I, that shouldn't concern them. Well, uh, there's a couple different things I want to get into on this podcast. Uh, we've got some damn questions that we can get to. Some of these questions aren't going to be mentioned because, well, now there's a hire and they had to do with the hire. Um, but in regards to what you're saying, I think it's this is pretty evident, right, to everybody that he's he wasn't their number one. Um, that that's not in any way meant to be a disrespect to him. I just I don't understand if he is your number one. Why was this decision not announced a week ago? And you yeah. can you can tell me. And I did this on my radio show. My co say, well, the Apple Cup, and I laugh at that notion. Like coordinators don't you don't wait on coordinator hires. Like yeah. head coaches who have a a, a game or a, a championship game. They I could see. Hey, please don't announce this. I want my team focused. I owe them one last game. Let let us have this great one, and then we can announce it. Like that makes uh, makes sense. Like Scott Frost, there's been nothing about him yet, but everybody's tied him to Nebraska yet. UCF getting ready uh, for their their title game. A, a coordinator is not something you sit on. So that just leads me to believe, and and I know Barnes is probably not going to ever admit this, never say it. Uh, maybe you find information out from people behind the scenes. I don't think this is their number one. That also doesn't have to be a bad thing. But one thing that was pretty clear to me when they announced Jonathan Smith, uh, or at least the multiple reports came out, this was not like if you ranked him, this was not the guy they wanted, but he was probably way up there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he was one of the first people they interviewed. So, um, you know, I know they talked to Bo Baldwin early. Um, Corey Hall obviously was an early one. So those were some of the early, early conversations that were had. Um Another individual had texted me and said Corey Hall never really got full consideration. Uh, that was just their two cents based on everything that they had gathered. I don't know how true that is or not, but that's kind of something else that I had heard. I still don't know if he's going to be kept on staff. Maybe you can speak to that. But I, I want to ask you real quick, Smith, if he's not the number one, and we both kind of agree on that, who do you think number one was? If you had to shot in the dark, what was the dream hire for Barnes? I think it was Bronco Mendenhall. Really? I, ha- I mean, I had such a good source that thought that was a done deal. Uh-huh. Um, I also think Brian Harson was very high up the list at, from Boise State. Yeah. Well, that's so, that's who I had kind of – I was piecing this together a couple days ago. Like, why were they waiting so long? If they if it was a coordinator, they'd hire – they had announced it. And I kept looking at the, the college football schedule for this weekend because I went back to the target date of December 3rd following this weekend's games and it just it made a lot of sense with Harson. like their Boise State's in the Mountain West Championship uh that had kind of made sense I didn't do any sourcing it's just like hey you you kind of read the tea leaves here and if they're really waiting that long to announce it there's somebody that's going to be coaching this weekend right but yeah yeah uh maybe it was Mendenhall uh maybe Harson had been a stronger candidate than most people had reported whatever the case you get Jonathan Smith as your head coach which yesterday it was it was kind of funny because a name that I heard was interviewing yesterday, and it sent Beaver Nation in a complete tailspin. So maybe it was to make them complete tailspin, just so that Jonathan Smith would would look good. Is Brady Hoke that that I had heard from a couple sources yesterday that he was interviewing yesterday. Okay, let me and add, yeah, the lodge had a complete meltdown on that one. Um, I, I know Brady Hoke can recruit, but I'm sorry, the last two th- jobs that he's had as a coach, I, I can't get him out of my mind of how bad he was at Oregon defensively. And uh, how bad he was at the end uh, at Michigan. Let me ask you about that. Do you really believe it, though? Like, uh, you're interviewing Brady Hoke, and then 
like nine hours later, you're finalizing a deal with Jonathan Smith? Like, are we really, do you really believe that? Yeah, I mean, he, Brady Hoke has ties to Corvallis. I know he has friends still in Corvallis. He coached here for what, a year or two? So, yeah, he was with Pettibone for, yeah. for a few years um, back in the early 90s. But, um, you know, and, and it could have been a quick phone interview as well. I, I don't know exactly the specifics of it, but I do trust the source that told me that he was interviewing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and it makes sense that he would want to get out here. I mean, he's, I think he's interim head coach right now at, or I don't think he is the interim head coach at Tennessee. And, Man, that might be a bigger dumpster fire than Oregon State right now. What is the reaction on Blitz? Uh, mixed. It, it's it's been there's been a lot of negativity. A lot of negativity of you know this is the best they could do and um, you know Barnes. But then there's a lot of people that are optimistic and that you know this is you know it is you're welcoming back one of your greats and so you know maybe he'll have a longer leash and. The thing with Jonathan is he's not that sexy hire. He's not um, going to win a press conference. He's not um, that dynamic. I think I, I think of him more of a, as a Riley type, you know, uh, press conference. Like the all shucks or yeah, we're going to go out yeah. there and we're going to try hard type stuff. But, yeah. you know, talking to people, you know, in this business, I mean, he's he's well thought of as a recruiter, um, as an identifier, identifier of talent, especially if you're a quarterback or, you know, an, on the offensive side of the ball. You've got to be happy. I've talked to a couple um, quarterback parents and, and quarterback commits, and they're excited, I mm-hmm. mean, to learn from Jonathan Smith and, and to have him as a coach. So, like I said, now, you know, the waiting game will come. I, I mean, I can't wait for the press conference tomorrow just to hear what he has to say and kind of his plan, but I want to see who he brings on as a staff. So because I was, that can be so so important. I, I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised. We did a a poll question today on our, on my radio show's Twitter account. You know, did Oregon State and and this is just snap judgment, gut reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, was it the did they make the right hire? And fifty nine percent of of the voters uh, voted yes, they made the right hire. Now, the text line that we had, which is you know, it's kind of like what you see uh, on the lodge, but. The text line that we had had a lot of people like, meh, this does not get me excited. I can't believe that this is the hire. This is what they waited for, et cetera, et cetera. I talked to uh, Chris Vetters, who runs Dogman.com in Seattle, who covers Washington, and we just we did an interview with him breaking it down. And he had a couple eye-opening things, I thought. Um, one being he really thinks Smith has learned how to build a culture and run a program the right way under Peterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also alluded to uh, Smith is not a great recruiter. He never was their ace recruiter. Uh, he mentioned they, they, were never, they never asked him to be that ace recruiter, nor does he think he has the personality type. Yeah, yeah. So that harkens back to what you mentioned there with the staff. Um, and this was a very interesting one. He compared him to Justin Wilcox in terms of football mind who understands what he needs. And he also said he's a lot like Norm Chow, where – on the outside and in the media, you don't feel like you're seeing much. But Norm Chow, if you talk to anybody that's been around college football for a while, Norm Chow was like a mad scientist behind the scenes, knew how to dissect things, uh, knew how to put his team in really good positions. He may not have been the most successful head coach, but just as a a football mind is more what he was going with. Um, So I think those are all, the recruiting thing is obviously a little worrisome. But those two other things to me are, are very encouraging. And that's kind of what I had said when we talked about Smith uh, leading into the hire was he may he's probably not going to be the most uh, charismatic individual at the podium. I'm sure he's going to say the right things to win the interview, quote-unquote. 
But ultimately, his success is going to totally hinge on his staff. And as important as the head coach hire is, this program being turned around into a bowl team and maybe competing a little bit is all going to depend on whether he goes and hires the right people to help run this program. Exactly, exactly. And he needs to be the C- the CEO type. Um, like I said, he's not going to – I mean, but we Oregon State just had a guy that could say the right things at a press conference. And, and how would that work out? Yeah. Exactly. That, how would that work out? You need a guy that – I've heard – I mean, I've, I've actually reached out to Chris Fetters, too. So, uh, it was funny because he said basically the same thing to, to me. But, mm-hmm. and, you know, one thing about recruiting, though, is I reached out to Brandon Huffman, who is uh, 24-7's director of national recruiting, and yeah. ask him. I mean, he lives right up there in the, in the UW neck of the woods. And you know, I said, what are your thoughts? And he said, you know, he's he's been solid at recruiting – quarterbacks you know he was in on jake browning got browning sermon was always going to go to UW, but yeah he got uh, colson yank off but he said he was early in identifying dylan morris who i know we've talked about he's i mean he's 2019 quarterback that's seriously i saw him memorial day and said that is one of the best quarterbacks i've ever seen at that age so um jonathan was in on him early and then gained a commitment from him this this uh, summer so um great you know maybe an eye for talent yeah, and see that's that's the thing is um that's the other part is what if what have we really lacked with the Gary Anderson era? They haven't had a quarterback. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and you know what? It is maybe worries I don't know if worries I want to stop using the same word, but you know, as maybe concerned as some are out there with Jonathan Smith in the recruiting department. Uh the quarterback thing it it almost outweighs it. Right? Like, I think he can build the right staff. I really do believe this. I think he's going to be a lot like Justin Wilcox, where he's he's built enough connections to build a quality staff and put put them in a better position to go get some recruits. Now, how is he as a closer? Well, Fetters basically said he's not the guy you would throw in to go close. Maybe that changes now as a head coach, and he brings that out of himself. But I do care about the quarterback position. I think Gary Anderson, I'll say this about Gary Anderson, if he has the quarterback, that program he's still the head coach. Like they just they never hit on the right quarterback. He didn't make the right decisions there. This, at least we know this. This is an offensive-minded coach who has not only done an exceptional job with Jake Browning, go look at the numbers. He did what you said. He identified young quarterbacks, right? Sermon was gonna be there. The Yankoff kid, you mentioned that. And then the 2019 kid, Dylan Morris. To have that ability is something that I value a lot, and I'm willing to overlook, all right, you're not the best recruiter, but you can identify talent. So go have the right people talk to them. You kind of walk them through what it's like to be a quarterback and what you see in them. That's a good selling point to me. And, and just being able as a head coach to sell his vision of the program, but mm-hmm. let the position coaches you know, surround himself with great position coaches. Who Precisely, can yes. I and, mean, honestly, I don't think Taggart – Really, I mean, when he had his, the introductory press conference, I was kind of—I didn't think he won the press conference, but he surrounded himself with yes. amazing recruiters. I mean, look at it—they seven and five, right? And they're not even the greatest team. Herbert makes a world of difference, et cetera. But even doing what they've done in year one, Florida State is a rumor. Like that's—that just goes to speak to the staff, in my opinion. Like, give credit yes. to Taggart, but you make the right hires. I think that's what college football is always been about, and that's what it continues to be about. And, so. and then this was something I thought of, too. So look at, I mean, he has, he's learned from Chris Peterson, and 
look who he's going to have in his backyard to just bounce things off of. Mark Banker still lives in Corvallis. I'm not saying as coaches, but just as a mentor to bounce some things off of. You have uh, Mike Riley, mm-hmm. more than likely, you know, will be back in Corvallis. And even Dennis Erickson is, is a phone call away. Yeah, and, and that's that's something else I wanted to address. You know, for the people out there that Jonathan Smith doesn't do it for you, but maybe you were an Erickson uh, individual. And, and Angie, I think we're maybe going to disagree here, so that's fine. Why do you like Erickson and you don't like Jonathan Smith? I, I don't. I'm completely dumbfounded on that. I don't understand that logic. The people that like Erickson and don't like Jonathan Smith. Yeah, because you know the, the report. And by the way, that report was, uh, from what I have gathered, that report was not 100 percent accurate. Um, like people wanted Erickson as head coach, but there's people that don't like Jonathan Smith as head coach. I don't understand. Oh, yeah, that. yeah. I, I think people just like Dennis's swagger. You know, he had that. Kind of, you know, the Mike Leach swashbuckler, you know, Dennis Erickson could, was a rock star when um, he walked in at the podium. Do you think that a guy like Mike Riley is going to come back? Not as a staff member, but just come back to Corvallis and maybe be around like a Dennis Erickson? I, I think he could, most definitely. They, I mean, his wife still lives in Corvallis and daughter lives in Corvallis. I, I think great potential that you see him hanging around doing something not not as an assistant official assistant coach but you know doing something because the one thing that the one thing i walk away from from this whole hire um and we may differ a lot here is i i get i get it i guess but i don't know why we're so we make fun of other schools specifically the one down the road when they want the coach that gave them their most success to come back oh you're not gonna get him come on grow up That, that happened once it's over and then we turn in and do the same thing, like where it's, oh, I want, I want Dennis Erickson. I want 70-year-old Dennis Erickson who hasn't coached in seven years and God knows what he would have been if he remained in OSU for longer than three seasons. I just, I don't understand this whole, it has to be somebody that understands Corvallis. What does that really mean? What does that mean to you when you hear somebody say that? Because when I hear that, I, I don't know if that means anything to me. Like, okay, you lived here or you played here. You still have, like, it doesn't matter. Kevin Sumlin comes to Corvallis or 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 any other uh, uh, McIlwain or, 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 or Anderson from Stanford, whoever it is, whoever has to come here has to sell Corvallis. Like, what is somebody that lives here say different than somebody that wants a kid to come here? You know, I, I really think the narrative about having someone that knows Corvallis is huge. You know, I, Oregon State competes against all these big market schools. You have Seattle, you have the Bay Area, L.A., Arizona State, that all have that city, that limelight, that glitz, the glamour. And so to have a coach that has played there and understands the positives and the negatives, right, that you can be the big fish then in a smaller pond and, um, and, the, and the positives and negatives about being in Corvallis is, is a big plus for, for Jonathan Smith or any of, you know, a former player or coach that has been there. I just, it kind of feels like to me, um, it feels like in the moment of crisis, which this kind of has been with this season and everything and the way it's uh, unraveled, it, it feels like everybody's, well, not everybody, a lot of people are just getting going, hey, we can only have one of our own. You know, maybe Bo Baldwin is the sexy hire for uh, some fans out there, but the way I've seen this reacted in social media and, and just kind of reading and, and hearing things, it, it, it feels like this. People really wanted this to be an Oregon State hire. And I I just think sometimes that can be dangerous. But again, 
this isn't me trying to S all over the hire. I actually like it. Uh, I do. I've stated that many times on this podcast. There should be no real opinion, though. Like, I can't sit here and tell you he's going to kill it. I also can't sit here and tell you he's not not going to lose games. Both may happen. A press conference isn't going to change my mind on that. The only thing that's going to change my mind is going to be watching the actual product on the field. Exactly. I, I think it's too, I mean, like I said, my next step right now is, is wanting to see what he does with his staff and, you know, kind of hearing what his plan is. But really, we can sit here and talk all we like about like the hire, don't like the hire. I mean, we all sat around and said what an amazing home run of a hire Gary Anderson was. And we saw where that got us. So um, I, it, it's going to be what we see in the field. You know, this, this team is a disaster, I mean, we haven't even talked about Civil War, but... Uh, we, don't, was, we don't need to talk we don't about need that. To. I was there. <laughs> but it was a disaster. Yeah. And you see how far down this team is. I mean, the number one thing that Jonathan Smith is going to have to do is create a culture and make football fun for these guys again. Do you think, you know, that's, that's a guy that played on a team that went to another level once they mixed in some of the talent that was recruited with Juco player. Mm-hmm. Based on where they're at right now, do you think he goes Juco route for quarterback? Do, is it Luton? Like, what, what do you think he's going to do there? Because I, I think you're I think so they right. Need, they need a, a Juco quarterback. Yeah. They need one. Just from a number standpoint, mm-hmm. um, they, they need to get a, a junior college quarterback. In who, are, who are their quarterbacks? Blount, Willard, and Luton, right? Yes. Luton's... And then they have two, two committed um, quarterbacks with Spencer Petrus. Petrus, and, that's right, yeah. And Jake Ducard out at Lake Oswego, although – you know, he's planning to play baseball too. So I don't know how feasible, you know, I know Oregon State was recruiting him as a kind of an athlete mm-hmm. where he fits, but, you know, he's he's a player that, you know, I, I think it would be nearly impossible to play D1 quarterback and play baseball for Pat Casey. Yeah, I think eventually he's going to he's gonna make his mind up. Um, the, Pet, the Petros kid is interesting. And then, you know, even think about this. I know he, he didn't necessarily have the greatest year, but thinking about a quarterback coach, like Smith with a kid like Jake Luton. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, if you're Jake Luton right now or Aiden Willard or Connor Blount, you've got to be just thrilled to death. You're pumped, yeah. So, um, I mean, there's a guy. And and Jonathan Jonathan came in, you know, in 98, which Oregon State was not great, right? I mean, he he got to see both ends of it. So Mm -hmm. he knows the good, the bad, how bad they were, and then, you know, where they came. I mean, I, I still hear stories of when Dennis Erickson was hired and he came into that first team meeting when they introduced him and, you know, Dennis stands up there and throws his fingers with his national championship rings over the podium and starts talking and says, you know, we're going to compete for championships. And a couple guys in the back started laughing and he, he kicked him out. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was changing the culture was one of the biggest things he did at Oregon state. And I think that, that may be with the staff, like that's just, it's going to be vital. And we just hope we really do. We just hope that he's taken the Chris Peterson uh, model. You know, the how did Bob do Barnes it. is hoping that too because this is a a career hire for him as well. Well, yeah. I mean, if they have success, this is a guy. It's probably going to catapult him into a different job. And if he's going to plan to stay here, then yeah, it's going to be kind of the legacy hire, right? It's it's the big hey, this is what I did, and you get even more cachet, and it, it helps when you have booster rallies and you need to get more money, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think the thing that that helps with Smith is the experience with Peterson and just being around him as long as he has. Exactly. I mean, he learns how 
I mean, that Chris Peterson, obviously, you know, I put there's a there's a few guys. I mean, that I'm thinking of on the West Coast that know how to run an entire program. Mm-hmm. You know, you think of David Shaw or um, Chris Peterson come, you know, first to mind. Um, what are we thinking staff wise? Is there any feel or any thought to where he may go with some of the staff? Uh, you know, I've heard, I've heard some, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, there's some, you know, I mean, again, this is coming, you know, this is maybe a dream team hire for former Beaver players, but um, you know, there's gotta be, you know, Kyle Devan would be one you'd look at. He's at ball state as an O-line coach. He was here with Riley though, right? He was. Yes. Cause I remember, I think I remember briefly interviewing him after a practice once. Oh, like, he's God, great. I mean, he, he was a, a great interview. Really good. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, he, he left to the Titans. I remember that. He was yep, coaching, he went, and then he went back to the NFL. Yes, so he's kind of bounced around, but one that's very well thought of in the coaching ranks, kind of moving his way up, um, you know, after some NFL time. Um, you know, Keith Hayward at Oregon, definitely could see him in the mix as a D.C. coming back to Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard talk of Enoki Brechterfield, potentially. Okay. Who, I, I don't know. You know, I, that would be a tough one. I mean, Wisconsin's playing really well, ranked fourth in the country, but does he – come back. That's, you know, those are some names I've kind of heard just kind of tossed around. We know Hayward for those that aren't as familiar with the, like, how are these as recruiters? Um, you know, Keith Hayward is probably one of the top five recruiters in the country, uh-huh. in my opinion. Um, great job. I mean, that's one of the reasons Oregon went and got him because he's such a good recruiter. Um, Kyle Devan is, you know, at Ball State, but, you know, O-lineman, you just need to get a good O-line coach that can sell. I mean, Coach Cavanaugh was a, a great recruiter. Um, so, you know, those guys are, are right there, but that, those are going to be the, the big hires that he has to make. Um, not, and that's why you probably have to look out, um, outside of the whole beaver family kind of thing. But, um, you know, Anoki is a, is a great recruiter. I had somebody, uh, I think somebody tweeted us, when do we see coach Ocho Cinco? Yeah, I've seen that too. <laughs> uh, I think you have to have your degree to be a coach. I'm not, I'm not positive, <laughs> but you know, TJ Hushmanzada, he's, Coaching now down in the junior college or high school ranks. Is he really? Poly. Yeah, he's at Long Beach Poly. Um, Did he get so, his degree? I believe so, yes. I do believe so. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting name. A guy that you talk about swagger. I mean, he was here for it. Uh, one of the more underrated NFL receivers in his prime. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there's that. And that's the thing. Jonathan will have a lot of connections with guys he's played with, with guys now he's coached with. Um you know, the, the Boise State D, uh, D coordinator, Arroyo uh, Av- Avalos, I guess. Uh-huh. Avalos is the one I'm thinking of. He's one that I, I'm kind of curious about as well. I, I, you know, I've heard Harson might be under some fire up in, in Boise, and maybe some of those guys look to get out. I don't know. He's under fire? Yeah. They've They're won not... 10 games, three of his. What? Yeah, no, I mean, I, just within the fan ranks. There's the fan ranks. Some Why? Of the fans... Because they're not to the Peterson level of going yes, to a... exactly. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. They're going to win. They wait, They might win a Mountain West championship and win 10 games back-to-back years. He's had one season where he didn't win double digits. I know, Exactly. Think about I mean, that. Exactly. That's crazy. God, fans are so stupid sometimes. <laughs> Why are we so irrational with crap? Oh, gosh. Um, I, I think... This is all great, you know, throwing out speculation with staff. I love doing it. I can't wait to see who he hires. I'm almost at a point, Angie. I hope more than half the staff is legitimately built on just good recruiters. Exactly. No, and 
that's what Oregon did. I mean, I, I hate to talk about Oregon, but that's that's right there. The key to success is fill your staff with amazing recruiters. And then here is the kicker, though. Um, even even with it being that way, I, I really am interested to see where this budget's going to be. Um, it, exactly. Th- exactly. That is a, that's another big part of it. You and I have, have hit on that a lot. Uh, that was brought up originally by Beaver Blitz, a member on Blitz. And now you just you kind of wonder, all right, this is your biggest hire in program history. You have to continue to raise funds and finish that stadium. Uh, you want this. You want that. You want to compete, not be in the basement anymore. What are you committing to financially, who you can go get? Uh, it's one thing to throw out some of these names for coordinator hires or just to bring back or bring in. It's another to hit that big Jim Levitt hire. I, I hate bringing this Oregon stuff up again, but you need a really sexy hire, and you're going to need some money for that. So I think that's the other development here is what's his salary? It sounds like he's going to get a five-year deal. What's his salary, and then how much is he going to be allowed to spend on staff? Exactly, and that's, I mean, like I said, it all hinges on the staff. And so, yes, how what their budget is for, for salaries and you know, who Jonathan's going to go get. Um, are you, but, but I feel, don't you feel Brandon? I mean, after civil war, that was like low, right? It was like, I left at halftime. Yeah. I couldn't okay. handle it anymore. Duck fan was clapping and said, Hey, way to hang in there for a half. <laughs> I said, uh, well, first of all, screw you, uh, in a very nice way. And I said, the wind streak had to come to an end at some point. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which they no, actually, was, they thought was that bad. was quite I mean, funny. I, I actually was out of town for, um, Thanksgiving and, uh, our friend, we're with friends, and they're big. They're beavers. They went to Oregon State, and we like left all these friends. There was a big, I guess, tree lighting, big thing going on, and we left to go watch the game. And we were afterward, we we're like, why? Why did we miss all the fun? Because that was not fun. I I ate my feelings. I got to Salem on my way home. I beat traffic, and I stopped in and me and a couple of my buddies. We we ate our feelings. I was done. Okay. Nice, nice. And uh, you know what's actually the kicker? I make a bet with my radio host every year on this because he's a duck. Yeah. I uh, Because they didn't cover the 20-point spread and lost by 59, I have to grow a mullet. So <laughs> so uh, I got that going for me next year. I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. Oh, that's awesome. It's going to be terrible. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, you know, before we get to the, the damn questions, is, is there any part of you... This seems to be some like kind of general nature of of a lot of fans right now. The weight on this, I, I know we kind of touched on a little bit earlier that this feels like he wasn't number one. Maybe he's number two, but he's not number one. Um, are you still a little frustrated with the weight? Like how long this took? They've been coachless for like a month and a half, and they'd been into this search. I think seven weeks, if I'm seven not mistaken. Weeks. And I, not to, again, not to diminish because we, he could be a great coach and we could hit, but you finished with a guy that everybody on Twitter thought was like the number one candidate. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I, I hope they don't pay the search firm too much because that would be ridiculous. But um, I, I, it's the timing is bad, right? When Gary Anderson left, there's a lot of coaches, even with their agents and things that didn't want to even, they're in the like right early mid part of the season and that they don't even want to be talking about other jobs. So, from the get-go, Scott Barnes was kind of in a in a holding pattern for the first you know couple weeks, doing some calls, having the agents reach through the through the search agency. But I I mean I I was hoping it would take would go quicker, 
But um, at the end of the day, too, I know what, from what I've heard, Barnes wanted to, didn't want to leave, you know, any stone unturned. Mm-hmm. If there was a possibility somebody might be interested, he wanted to talk to them. So, um, and at the end of the day, he felt Smith was the, was the top choice. So, like I said, this was a big hire for him because Oregon State is in such a low place right now. He needed to get this hire right. I feel like maybe we should hold off on this question until the staff is named and they start hitting the recruiting trail. But I, I kind of can't help myself because I am one of those crazy fans that I just yelled at a couple minutes ago. What's what's the ceiling for them next year? I know a lot of this hinges on so many different variables, but if you were to throw a shot in the dark and just, you know, how important the hire is and and building some kind of, like, what is, what's the ceiling in your opinion? Yeah, very early. Again, this doesn't have to be an opinion. Hey, remember when you said this yeah. was wrong? <laughs> you know, I, I mean, this team is at such a, it feels like rock bottom point that I've ever seen them at. However, there's talent there. So I do believe that with the right staff and with the right motivation, I, I, I don't want to say they're a bowl team. Oh, their schedule is kind of tough. It's, too. it's brutal, right? You yeah. start with in the horseshoe, but if they can, if they could win like three games, yeah. four games, I think that is a huge step in the right direction. I was going to say three myself, just because again they got kind of shafted here back to back years. Their schedule is tough. Um, I can't remember the exact number. I've seen some different figures thrown out. I can't remember how much they they make from going to Columbus, but. What do you think of the notion of not playing that game now with a new coach and maybe not deciding to go to Columbus to get your ass kicked? I, I would totally buy out of that game. You would? Personally. I would. Really? You don't want to start your new coach and all that. It's going to get a, ugly. Oh, yeah. It, it, yeah. That game might be like 50 to it's 3. Just, it's demoralizing, right? For yeah. your whole, for your, yeah, I just, I yeah, I I just don't. What don't do they? Like so what you said? Um, I really don't know this. So what? If, let's say it's a million, a million five. They I make. Think it was a million five. Okay, so let's say it's a million five. Do you have to pay to get out of that game, or can you just back out? I don't know what they would have to pay to back out. Would they? they? But I, I, like I said, I would. No. Like I said that is. Oh, would would Ohio State let them? No. Would OSU have to pay to get out, or would they just say, hey? We don't want the money. Keep it. Go get a different opponent. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Okay. I have no idea. Yeah, because that was a trip. Even in the midst of Gary Anderson going psycho and the team sucking, I kind of was looking forward to that just because, you know, I've never been to the horseshoe. It's kind of a cool bucket list. I knew they weren't going to win. Yeah, yeah. But the way the season has ended now, it really feels like that's going to be quite an embarrassment. And you're probably right. Like, that's not necessarily the start you want. I mean, that's just your alma start such a, yeah, your, your start your, start your uh, OSU tenure with a well, trip to, yeah, it's just, it doesn't, and then you start your team on a really, you know, uh, start your year off with a butt kicking. Well, and think about how many kids are coming back, right? And now they're on board and it's like, all right, we have Jonathan Smith and maybe he keeps court. We still got all in. Your last two games potentially are going to be you lose by fifty nine and probably lose by thirty plus. Exactly. No, I just it's there's nothing good that comes. And I'm not one of these people. People, you know, Coach Riley used to. Oh, it's such a good experience for these guys. To, yeah. No. Yeah. Getting your teeth kicked in to start the season is not good for those guys. Well, you know, luckily it turned around for them. But remember, what was that? Was that the '08 season? They went to Penn State. 
Uh, yes. And they tur- they turned it around. They were playing for a Rose Bowl, but still, remember that feeling of they lost. What was it, forty four to ten? Or f- it, it was. Yeah, yeah. It might it have been bad. worse than that, but I remember it was forty four points. Penn State scored, and at that time, uh, you're you're watching. And I was watching because I'm a student, and I'm just like, oh. God, no, thank you. Are you kidding? Why did why did that happen? So, it, but yeah, fans get yeah demoralized. I'm, I'm just seeing on my Twitter. Um, Stephen Jackson just sent a congratulations to his former teammate. So uh, that's that's always kind of fun to see. That is pretty cool, and it, it sounds like uh, they have officially announced the press conference is on Thursday at 11 a.m. Okay, so perfect. it's not going to be tomorrow. We're actually going to have to wait till Thursday for that. That is tomorrow, Brandon. Oh Last yeah. I checked, tomorrow is Thursday. God, I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have kids. Um, I like to booze. I'm very busy with work. I I always forget this crap. I'm sorry. So that's something to look forward to, though. Uh, aside yes. from my idiotic thoughts, tomorrow yes. Thursday, 11 a.m. I will be down there. Amy will be down there. So uh, we will not be. I will not be down there, but I'll be airing clips from the press conference itself. Uh, on the radio show. Is there anything else you want to get to before we answer some of the questions? No, no, not. I kind of went off there on a tangent with that Stephen Jackson, but it just popped up on my feed. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. I saw Derek Anderson say, hey, it's it's awesome to see, you know, Andy Jenkins, a longtime assistant for the baseball team, uh, the Jenkins family kind of being tied into Oregon State as long as they have. I, I do believe this. As, as much as I don't buy into some of the whole emotional rah-rah, bring in our guy thing, now that he is the coach, I do agree with everybody that says you. We literally have to. We need to evaluate how we reacted with Anderson, and I thought some of that crap. You know, if they weren't winning or, or they weren't satisfied with an answer or something, I thought we tended to overreact and go the wrong way, go the way of Tennessee fan. Yeah, I think we really need to rally behind and understand we're not going to be good next year, but let's do everything as fans. Go to the games. Maybe you donate money. Maybe you go to something, uh, social media, whatever your way of contributing as a fan. Be as positive as you possibly can because it does feel like this is a hire where he's going to get a legit four years. I really do believe that. Mm-hmm. And if it's not going well, you're going to still right be back in the same situation and wondering if we're ever going to get out of the hole. At least do everything on your end as a fan or whatever to say, hey, you tried to to back it as much as you possibly could. Yeah, and that I mean Derek Anderson is is that's when I just looked at his sentiment here. Congrats to our guy Smitty. I knew even back then he was going to be a great coach. Yeah. Beaver football got a good one. Now it takes uh, takes us all to make sure he gets the support he deserves. Mm-hmm. Here's to new beginnings and to getting this thing turned around. Exactly, completely agree with that sentiment. It's not going to always be pretty. Sometimes it's going to be flat out ugly, but uh, you just. Log off of Twitter on a blowout. Don't don't roll into the dirt and then show up to games as much as you can. I think that's a big part, too. And, again, the selling point of, hey, come see Jonathan Smith back here at his alma mater. I, I've always kind of been back and forth on this topic of, of tickets and going to games. I get it now as a parent why a lot of people don't get to go to games or don't want to go to games. And I get it financially as well. But I also do believe a big part of building up your program is, is going to games. Yeah. Um, I know that kind of contradicts itself, but showing up and, and having 25,000 people in a 45,000-seat stadium, not only does it look terribly in person, it really reflects poorly, in my opinion, on television. So uh, I think there's a there's a couple things fans can do, we can do to step up 
to to maybe turn it around a little bit. But uh, let's get to some questions, huh? Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, let me scroll back a little bit here. Yeah, you probably I. I've, we had we had pictures from the airport. Amy was out at the airport and got pictures from the plane. So, um, my my feed is completely like blown up now. Yeah, my feed is. I mean, this has been a long day with a lot of stuff. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. This is terrible on air podcasting stuff, but I'm just not. Oh my god, I'm getting the tweets I saw during the show. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Here we go. Um, here we go. With this one's from Ryan. With Smith being an O guy, the DC will be very very important. Is Hayward a good choice at DC, having no experience? Yes. Unless unless Jonathan has some experience DC, I, I I think you'd find a way to get Keith Hayward on your staff simply because he's an amazing recruiter. Would he? Le- okay, this is just your gut. I interviewed him. I put it on the podcast last week. He obviously wasn't going to say much on a radio show, uh, nor would I think he say much publicly to anybody. Would he leave a safeties gig at Oregon to be the DB coach at Oregon State? To be a DB coach? Yeah. Let's say you don't give him the DC. Maybe Smith has a DC in mind. I don't know about that. Okay. Because... He wants to move up in his career. I guess He wants to move that. up. And, you know, I think at some level, you know, I know Oregon's trying to redo, I mean, because right now Taggart, I mean, he he very well could be heading to Florida State. Uh-huh. Essentially, I mean, um, so I think Oregon's trying to pull out all the stops, give more money for assistance, give, you know, Willie a, a new a contract. I've been seeing some rumblings about, you know, does he make more money at Oregon? Potentially, but I think, so, yeah, more money at Oregon versus the D.C. I think he takes the D.C. title at Oregon State with less money. Um, anybody that was wanting Corey Hall as a D.C., uh, yeah, I'd rather, I think I'd rather have Hayward as my D.C., Yes, absolutely. More experience, better recruiter, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Let me see. Here we go. Question from Spencer. Best guest at quarterback depth chart for fall camp. Yeah. Hmm. I would say Luton 1. Luton, yeah. Willard 2, Petrus 3, Blunt 4? Yeah, that was probably, probably about right. Maybe it's different with the couple back in, maybe Petrus red shirts. Yeah, yeah, I would say... Yeah, Luton, and then Willard or Blunt, I, I kind of two three. Yeah, mix or match. I make. I, I am. I, the more I've talked about this, I've kind of talked myself in. I'm getting excited about Smith with Luton just to see see what he can do. Yeah, yeah. see what he can do with the kid in year one. Um, this one from G60 Timbers fan. He says, "How important is it for the Beavs to get former players back as assistants or position coaches, etc.? And which players do you think should be targeted to return?" We kind of talked about that, you know, just the, the fact that they can tell recruits, you know, it's not the sexiest place, right? When you're, especially when you're going against, um, you know, the LA's, the Bay Area's, the Seattle's of the world, but mm-hmm. former players that can actually say, hey, this is, you know, this is the good, this is the bad, because there are things at Oregon State and Corvallis that make it different and, you know, more special than some of those other places. Yeah. So. Um, let's see. This kind of, yeah, we kind of, some of the, a lot of these questions we've already addressed. Yeah, we've kind of addressed. Oh. I, I, I've got one here on Beaver Blitz. Okay. Action Jackson wants to know, ask Brandon what products he will be using on his mullet, or will, he'll just, will he just go Gundy <laughs> style and throw a hat on it? <laughs> um, I'm going to use, I'll probably use some pomade for my mullet. Okay. Um, okay. No, seriously, though. going to spike it? Is it going to be Billy Ray Cyrus style, or no. is it going to be... Sorry to break your achy, breaky heart, but um, 
No, I'm not going to quite go with that extreme. I do think I'm going to probably shave the sides, right? Because I'm actually concerned to how long my hair will grow. Like <laughs> How the, long do you have to grow it? Well, I don't have... There's not a set time. The standard oh, okay. is normally... We've kind of agreed that the mullet length is the only thing that matters. And the back end has to be at the bottom of my neck. So right at like just above my shoulders is probably the cutoff point of being acceptable. <laughs> the problem is one, I haven't grown my hair out since I was like, um, well, the first year of college, I grew my hair out because I was lazy and it ended up, my hair started curling up <laughs> when it got to my ears instead of going down. So I'm going to have to probably perm it or straighten it. <laughs> and then the other comedy gold right now oh it's gonna be terrible and then the other part is because i haven't grown my hair in so long and i'm I, you know i'm gonna be 31 on the fourth i don't know how long my hair will grow anymore you know i'm older my hair's my my hairline's gone back a little bit from where it was seven eight years ago i don't know how long my hair can grow <laughs> so i'm gonna have to cut my hair to make it look like it's longer than it really is it's it's gonna be a whole extravaganza, but I will tell you, whenever I take that picture, it's gonna be immaculate. Good. Okay, I can't wait. It's gonna be amazing. Uh, this one from Eric, paramedic Eric on Twitter. Hire seems to be taking a long time now. Official from the outside looking in. How would you grade Barnes on this hire? Um, I don't. I. I. I... TBD. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, because we don't know, right? I mean, if 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 he can make if if Jonathan Smith can hire a great staff and and start, you know, to turn this thing around, then obviously it's a great hire. Hindsight's always, you know, twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the length of time it took. I, I thought it should have been done faster, but then in the same vein, you know, some of these hires that are taking place, like coaches fired and a guy's hired, all within twenty four hours. Yeah it doesn't seem like maybe you're vetting and really, and I, and I do think he was very thorough in this. Yeah. I, I never had a problem. Um, <laughs> I just got a really funny text from somebody, a uh, former player applying for a gig. He's texting me a picture. I'm applying right now. Um, I never had a problem for, for Oregon state coaching. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I got some a former player te- uh, texting me earlier saying, Hey, how do I get my name out there that I want to come back? <laughs> It might be the same one. Oh, it probably is. Um, we'll show that off the pod. I just want to throw his name out there yeah. without getting his permission. Um, <clears throat> the thing with the hire, I know it was driving people crazy, which I kind of didn't also understand because I thought it was well known that like December 3rd was like the latest they would wait. What I get with people angry is the recruiting trail and the early signing date. If it's a coordinator, you want them out there ASAP, and it felt like this could have been done earlier. But to, to go back to your point, he's vetting. He wanted to take everybody that was a serious candidate seriously and give them a chance. Um, my gut reaction, I'll just go great as what was your reaction when you heard. I'll go back to what I, I said, B-. minus. Uh, yeah. I said B- minus just on hearing the name because it's such an unproven, but I love the Peterson umbrella, and I do believe that he understands – and has a plan to build a staff and get it going. Um, I won't go higher than that, and I won't go lower in that. The rest, the honest future on on the Barnes grade is 
it, it yeah, we got to really, wait. We got to wait and see what he does with the budget. Yes. What he does with so many other things. That so. is. Then we will grade it, and in two years we'll we'll give a full grade on that, and we can react to that at that point. But uh, right now, it's kind of a TBD. Yeah. So I, I know a lot of people were frustrated by Barnes. I somebody tweeted me he should be fired. I was just like, can he make the hire first? Exactly. I know it's. Um, like I said, and people need to remember that, and I know you're a Beaver fan, and you, you, you think of this job as who wouldn't want to come to Corvallis and be the coach, but it was not. It's not a highly desirable job mm-hmm. um, in the position, especially if you watch Civil War you know, and saw what was going on. You're like, oh, holy hell, it's a dumpster fire. Okay, hold on. I'm, I'm getting down to some more questions. All the Blitz here. questions were uh, asking about the coaching search, so okay. kind of... Uh... Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, see that question is hmm, something actually being accomplished or is the Oath League Department. Uh, here we go. It's, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that kind of question deals with something we already talked about. Uh, here we go. Yeah, see, a lot of these questions are just... Because we posed the, the damn questions before the... You posted them this morning. We got a lot that was before it was announced. It was funny because right after Angie tweeted and I got into work, that's when I had found out, like, hey, be ready for today or tomorrow. And I saw the questions. I'm like, well... Yeah, I know. It was, it was yeah. Because I had heard it this morning that it could be today, tomorrow. And um, like I think I said I, I had heard it possibly Inoki Brechterfield or Jonathan Smith were the two names I heard this morning. So um, I dug around a little bit, checked FlightAware, and called a few more sources. And then, like I said, I've been gone for a week. So I had to zip to the store and grab some groceries and came home and started working again. And Somebody wants to know what we think about the basketball program. Uh, uh, not great right now. Not great. Not a lot to talk about. Yeah. Not so good. Golly, shout out to you guys today, man. Social media has been crazy. I'm still scrolling down to try to get to some of these questions. I know. No, you guys have been great. Um, it's been busy, but and I just, I, I'll just throw out. It's going to get, you know. I, thanks for everybody that stuck with Beaver Blitz with this coaching search. We've done our best to try to keep you apprised of any rumors we heard and what we are, you know, as as a rumor, not trying to throw it out as fact. But um, thanks for sticking with us. And now it just continues because now we get to uh, keep uh, keep things going with who the assistants may be, and then talk about recruiting. I've already reached out to all the commits, and they're starting to uh, respond with their thoughts on the hire. So uh, lots lots of excitement coming up. Um, quickly, as we hit the 55-minute mark on the pod, we try to keep it around an hour or just a little under. Are you still a little, uh, I don't know, frustrated is the right word. Do you think they still missed the boat of not getting this hire quicker for the earlier signing period? I don't. And I, that was one of the questions. And, you know, personally, there, I mean, there's some guys on this list, the commit list that I thought were stretches to begin with. So um, it'll be interesting to see if the new staff, you know, sends them an early signing LOI to begin with, because I don't know if you want to fill up your class with, you know, with question marks or projects right off the bat. Yeah. Um, so I, where I think it hurts some is not having someone, I mean, all these other coaches are out on the road right now. This is this is home visit time, mm-hmm. um, so that Oregon State's behind a little bit there. But um, I honestly, and somebody pointed out on Twitter, Oregon State's still going to sign like the top ten, or you know, number ten or eleventh ranked class. It's it's not going to matter. So um, 
and not trying that that wasn't trying to be a, a slam. It's just you know when you're competing against the USCs and UCLA's of the world, class rankings are are going to be as is high. So um, I, I was not in the camp that this needed to be hired for that early signing period, but mm-hmm. you didn't want to wait around. It was starting to feel like, well, people are going to get snatched up, and then what are you going to do? You just kind of, I think a lot of people, even though they wouldn't have jumped, a lot of people felt left out. Exactly. You know, like you see all these pictures on social media, hey, this coach in home visit, this coach home visit, and you're like, all right, another Pac-12 school, hey, another Pac-12 school, and Oregon State has nobody to keep around or yeah. To, yeah. To, to, to throw out on the road. Uh, real quick, your gut opinion does he keep Corey Hall or does he make the decision to not? Because Corey Hall was the only one left uh, whose office he was allowed to hang in there as the interim. And it kind of the gut feel is that Barnes is pushing uh, for maybe Corey, at least backing, saying, hey, Hall's a good guy. He's worth it. Or do you think um, he's not going to be part of the staff? I think he will. I, I think it's um, having at least one holdover, it's good. It's good for everybody. It's, it's good for the players to have someone that, that they know and they trust um, that knows maybe they have their back with the new staff because that, that's unnerving for these guys, right? They, they've, they get a fresh start. All of them are going to be on equal footing now, but, um, you know, there's a lot, you know, the, a lot of unknowns. Yeah. It's, like new, it's like having eight new bosses, right? So if you have one guy that you know kind of has your back, it does alleviate a lot of, a lot of trouble. But, you know, if Jonathan Smith has a, a group of, Nine guys that he is sold on, but I, I do think Corey will keep the keep a job. Okay. Uh, anything else we should touch on, or have we pretty much hit on everything? Can no, think I think we've hit on it. Okay. This was fun. Hey, it we was had, fun. There's, there's I, a head coach. You know, and I, I, I will say, you know, when I when I first got word that it was in fact, I, I my first initial reaction was kind of like, huh. But the more and more people I talk to. Um, the more you know, former players and and different different people close to the program or have you know ties to the program. The more excited I get. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I, th- I think I think he deserves a shot, right? Give yeah. him a shot. I'm with you on that one. Um, I think we hit on everything. Gave our two cents on the hire, uh, et cetera. Thank you for all the questions. Again, I know we didn't answer them directly in terms of shouting you out, but I thought we touched on basically everybody wondering about Barnes, the hire, et cetera. Um, there's a coach at Oregon State now, and it's Jonathan Smith. He is the next guy to lead the Beavers, former quarterback who won a Fiesta Bowl with the team. He is in Corvallis, and now we wait for the press conference tomorrow, which is a Thursday at 11 a.m., and then the next step is building a staff, finding out who that staff is, and hitting the recruiting trail as hard as they possibly can getting ready for uh, spring ball because season is now officially over. All right, Angie, good stuff as always. And uh, everybody stay tuned because we might have uh, a little surprise for you or maybe we won't depending on certain things. And thank you everybody for listening. Beaverblitz.com is where you can find Angie and all their great work there. My radio show, Dirt and Sprague, 1080 The Fan, noon to three uh, is where you can catch me uh, Monday through Friday. Thanks so much, everybody. Jonathan Smith, the new head coach for Oregon State, will catch you for another edition of the Damn Podcast.